Something to talk about besides Greg Cavanaugh today, or Brett Cavanaugh. Brett. Brett Nayral is upset that his name is Brett. He's a frat boy, apparently, for being named Brett. Uh, anyway, we got more to talk about than Brett Cavanaugh. And welcome, it is Eric Erickson here, News 955 AM 750 WSB. The phone number is 404 872 750 1800-WSB Talk. And the president is in Europe for NATO, and people are freaking out because. He's right. He's right. And people are horrified uh, that the president had an outburst about Germany. Uh, You know, we have reached this level of Trump derangement syndrome where if the president goes outside and says the sky is blue, you will have uh, Jen Rubin and Max, uh, what's his name, and all these other people come out and uh, they will declare the president is a white supremacist and the sky is clearly green and the grass is blue. Uh, you know, listen, I, I, when the guy is wrong, I say I think he's wrong. When he's right, I think he's right. He's right here. He is right about what's happening with NATO. Uh, Germany, so you need to understand, NATO is positioned for the dues-paying members to actually be fair. And the president does seem to misunderstand how this thing works uh, to the extent that NATO allies agreed years ago when they set up the, set up the system that each country would pay a percentage point of its GDP is not like one and a half percent, two percent of GDP. They're actually incre- wanting to increase it to two. The president wants to go to four. Um, but if, for example, if we have the larger economy, we're going to pay the larger share of NATO than, say, Luxembourg, which has a much smaller economy. But in terms of our gross domestic product, it's going to be identical. So there is an equality there, even though the number is the same in the same way. That if you had a flat tax in this country, a person who made $100,000 a year would pay the same percentage rate as a person who made a million dollars a year, but would actually pay less money overall. Um, it's based on the, the economic generation of each of the countries in the NATO system. So to that extent, the president is, is off, but he's right that Germany isn't paying its fair share. All of the countries in NATO are current on their dues except Germany. Germany hasn't been paying, and Germany's been trying to get us to pay more money. He's right on that. But he's right on the other thing, too, that's causing controversy today. The president is right about the pipeline. And the reason so many people are screaming hysterically about this today is because the left has so bought into the notion that the president is some sort of puppet of Russia, they're having a real hard time reconciling the president's criticisms of Russia today with their belief that the president is a pawn of Russia. It can't be. The criticism he's lobbying at Russia is not a criticism that would be made if he was a pawn of Russia. And they're so convinced he's a pawn of Russia They can't reconcile the two, and it's causing them all sorts of problems today. That criticism is very legitimate. I want to tell you about it, though, and it's being misconstrued somewhat in the media. Even though they're attempting to portray it accurate, they're missing some key details. And Russia and Germany, when uh, Gerhard Schroeder, who was a socialist, in his final days of being the chancellor of Germany, entered a deal that was opposed by all the other Western allies— 
to build a pipeline across the Baltic Sea from St. Petersburg into northern Germany. St. Petersburg, Russia, and northern Germany both touch on parts of the Baltic Sea. And they were going to funnel natural gas from St. Petersburg into Germany. Schroeder very much wanted this and signed the deal. And then guess what Gerhard Schroeder did after he retired from being Germany's chancellor, really thrown out of office. Um, he became the head of the Russian government company that's overseeing the building of the pipeline and is actually now in charge of the Russian natural gas company. He's one of uh, Putin's guys now. And here comes Donald Trump attacking this pipeline. Here's why the pipeline matters. Matters for three reasons. One, Russia has been punishing Eastern European countries by turning off their supplies of natural gas. It's one way Russia was able to destabilize Ukraine was by turning off the natural gas supply to Ukraine. Eastern Europe doesn't have underground natural gas supplies. They're largely dependent on Russia. And Russia turns it off when they misbehave. So many of those countries have been building pipelines into Western Europe. Well, the environmentalist movement, which I continue to believe, like in the 80s, was a front for communists, is now a front for the uh, Russians. Uh, the environmental movement in Europe convinced European countries they needed to scrap their natural gas capacity. You're reading stories right now, if you're reading the New York Times or the Washington Post, somewhat justifying the president's concerns, but they're saying that the, the natural gas supply of Western Europe is dwindling. What they're leaving out is the reason it's dwindling is not because they've gotten it all out from under the ground. It's because they refuse to use fracking and they refuse to continue it because they're so committed to uh, their greenhouse gas programs, even though natural gas is better for uh, energy supply in Europe than burning coal. They're getting rid of coal capacity as well. They're turning to nuclear wind and solar which is causing problems of themselves. But when you read in the New York Times or the Washington Post or the AJC or hear it on CNN or even Fox or wherever that the Western supplies of natural gas in Europe are declining, it's not really because they've tapped them all out. It's because they're refusing to go get more underground because of environmental concerns. So the Russians, because of this, have stepped up funneling um, gas to, to Germany and to Western Europe. Well, by bypassing Eastern European countries, you know, gas through a pipeline, you can't turn off the gas that goes through Poland and only have it come out in Germany. So by bypassing Eastern Europe, Russia is ensuring it has another supply into Western Europe and can still hold it over European countries, Eastern European countries' heads. It's a real geopolitical national security issue. The French, the British, the Belgians, the, the, um, the Austrians, the Polish, uh, the Czechs, the Slovakians, the Slovenians, the Italians, the Spanish, they have all been, and the, and the Danes, they have all been very, very antagonistic towards Germany over this pipeline. Angela Merkel gave them lip service to it when she first got in office, and now even she supports the pipeline. The rest of Europe doesn't because they see it as inherently destabilizing to both their Eastern European allies and to themselves when Germany no longer buys natural gas from them from their remaining reserves. 
There is also an economic issue with the United States in that we have been setting up the capacity through cargo ship to send natural gas from the United States to Europe. We have built the supply chain out. It works. We have been doing it. And now suddenly the Germans are going to rely on Russian natural gas instead of American natural gas and Canadian natural gas when they had committed to using American and Canadian natural gas. It's a huge geopolitical issue and a national security issue. The Germans are allowing the Russians to continue to hold Eastern European countries hostage. They are continuing to disrupt Western European countries' markets for natural gas, and they're turning their backs on prior commitments to have access to American natural gas, where we fronted the costs to build out the capacity to get it to them. They're doing it all to be good neighbors to Russia, which continues to undermine Western democracies and their electoral processes. It makes no sense. But the left in America is so convinced that Donald Trump is in the pocket of Vladimir Putin that they can't comprehend that he today was highly critical of Russia and Germany over this pipeline. And the only way they can process it is to set their hair on fire and scream that the president is insulting Germany, pay no attention to the criticisms he's making. They're the same criticisms Barack Obama, Bill Clinton, and George W. Bush made as well. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank, and it's sometimes very difficult and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. We got campaign ads out. Uh, Casey Cagle and Brian Kemp both releasing ads. Here's the Cagle ad. 
30-second ad. tricks and fake news are what we've come to expect, but leadership is about getting things done for you. I'll never apologize for stopping those that stand in the way of conservative school reform for our kids or cutting taxes that create jobs. I'll never apologize for outlawing sanctuary cities or stopping liberals from taking the values that make our country great. The time for conservatives getting kicked around is over. That's the Kegel ad, and the Brian Kemp ad is out now as well, taking advantage of the Clay Tippett ad. Brian Kemp. Casey Cagle is falsely attacking because he has to. You've heard the tapes. Cagle admitted that he thought a new state law was bad policy for Georgia, but it could mean millions to his campaign, so Cagle passed it anyway. Well, if that's not criminal, it should be. I'm Brian Kemp. As governor, I'll fight for what's right to make Georgia proud every day. Brian Kemp, conservative for governor. 30-second ads both going on TV. Brian Kemp committing a million dollars to it. Um, his campaign telling reporters that they are seeing polling shift inside um, the metro Atlanta market towards him uh, due to the Clay Tippin stuff. I am told reliably by reporters who have heard that the rest of the Kegel tape will be coming out over the next uh, 24 to 48 hours, apparently. Um, uh, do believe that the lieutenant governor is going to join me on Monday to talk about the tape uh, in the 5 o'clock hour. Um, we'll see what all of it comes out, whether or not it does, over the next 48 hours. When we come back, Brett Kavanaugh, his name, the NARAL, the left, they don't like it. It is 39 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number is 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. So we must, must move to Brett Kavanaugh. You got, um, oh, what's his name? Um, Stephen Colbert. He's attacking him for his name, Brett. Says it sounds like the name of someone who works at Ruby Tuesdays, because you know, picking on weight staff and blue collar workers is fair game these days with the left. Uh, Nay Rowell says he's a frat boy, Brett. Uh, it, it really is striking to me that this is the best they can do, and it's this unhinged. By the way, you should know that that and now you may need to sit down for this one. This may make your head hurt. You may need to, if you're not driving, put your, a palm on each side of your temple so your head doesn't explode. Andrew Cuomo, the governor of New York, says if the Supreme Court strikes down Roe versus Wade, he's going to sue. Apparently, there is a court none of us know about higher than the Supreme Court that can listen to his claims and sue the members of the Supreme Court. I mean, what an idiot. This guy is in the, he's not really even in a fight with Cynthia Nixon. Cynthia Nixon, the uh, left-wing lady who's running against him, the former actor, I guess she's current actress, but hadn't acted in a while. She's running for governor of New York, and she's running on Bernie Sanders' platform. I mean, abolish ICE, abortions for all, even men. She's going to get men pregnant and and have them abort their kids. It's just it's this radical leftist thing. She wants to raise taxes on rich white people in New York for schools, and they've all turned against her now because they love it in theory as long as it's not their money. 
and she's not going to win, but she's got Andrew Cuomo in in hysterical fits of of I'm one of you. And so now he's saying he's going to sue if the Supreme Court uh, declares that abortion is unconstitutional, which doesn't make it illegal, just means it's not a constitutional right. You can still have one. Um, it just uh, states can prohibit or restrict them if it's not a constitutional right. So dumb. It's a total freakout. And now you've got Joe Manchin, the Democratic senator from West Virginia, who is singing Brett Kavanaugh's praises. And the left is losing their mind about Manchin now. You've got uh, Susan Collins and Lisa Murkowski suggesting they will support him. They want to see how the hearings go, but he is unquestionably qualified, according to Susan Collins, unquestionably qualified. You've got Joe, the left knows they're going to lose this thing. So here's what you need to understand more than anything else. What all of this is actually about is money. Money. They can't stop Brett Kavanaugh. What they can do is fundraise off the outrage about Brett Kavanaugh. That's what they're going to do. That's what these liberal groups are doing. They're trying to line their coffers. Planned Parenthood, NARAL, and the like, they're all out to get money. The problem is you've got more and more unhinged people on the left. They already believe Russia stole the election. They believe Donald Trump is a crook in the pocket of Russia. They believe that the Supreme Court is going to kill them. They believe that Republicans in the Senate are doing the bidding of Russia and the NRA. At what point do more Democrats go the James Hodgkinson route and try to kill people? They're being whipped into a madness by the left. They are. Let's go to the phones. Uh, Who do we have? Roman from Royston. You're up first tonight. Welcome. Thank you, Eric. Uh, first of all, my friend, I wanted to call and say uh, this is an honor to be able to talk to you. And because of what you did in January of 2016, I've always loved politics. But what you've done, uh, you gave me the tools and the knowledge and the resources to be able to get a hold of my county's party, uh, GOP party chairman. I got involved and God opened some doors. And now I sit on my county's uh, Board of Elections. And oh, if it have, God bless you. Well, thank you, sir. And if it wouldn't have been for you giving that information, and I mean, I've loved politics ever since I was little. I used to draw uh, caricatures, uh, little political cartoons back when the Clintons were in office. <laughs> and that was something else back in those days. But uh, my mom was always saying that I loved politics. And because of what you've done, that opened the doors for me to go. And I wanted to say thank you from the bottom of my heart for putting that information out there. Because if you wouldn't have done that, I wouldn't have been able to be where I am now. Well, thank you very much for that. I appreciate it. And, you know, I need to do a better job of calendaring these things when it comes around. Because it always gets to January and you start having the county and the precinct meetings. Like, oh, dang it, I forgot to tell people to show up. So this is encouragement (laughs) for me to, to put it on my calendar or make Charlie put it on my calendar. Well, yes, sir. Well, I want to tell you that you did a great job, 
and just thank you from the bottom of my heart. Well, thank you, Roman. I appreciate it very much. Thanks very much for the phone call. 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Hey, don't forget, there's still time to register for the Resurgent Gathering in Austin, Texas. Uh, you can text the word Austin to 345345 to get the... Uh, link so that you can come. We got David Perdue is coming. Ted Cruz is coming. Uh, Greg Abbott, the governor of Texas, is going to be there. Mark Walker, the head of the RSC and Congress, is going to be there. Uh, Ajit Pai of the FCC is going to be there to talk about net neutrality. Uh, we got more people that I can't even tell you about because all the security concerns, the Trump administration folks have asked us not to say anything. So uh, we got a great crowd come and text Austin to 345345. First weekend in August. Should be a fun time. There's a way to get involved in politics has come to that. It is 54 after the hour. Eric Erickson here. The phone number 404-872-0750-1800. WSB Talk. Y'all, so if I hadn't mentioned this, and I might have briefly the other day, I took the kids to see Ant-Man and the Wasp. And language warning in the movie, they, they didn't need all the language for a movie where there were a lot of kids in the audience. But was worse was one of the previews that had, I mean, it was it was a family-friendly preview. It had the green approved for all audiences and had uh, multiple moments of profanity that was just, it's just disappointing that, um, the coarsening of culture at that point where I, I try to keep my kids away from that and wanted to take them to just see a, a good movie. And the movie was good, by the way. I enjoyed the movie. So did they. Uh, he's much more lighthearted, less serious than the other movies. But I, I got to ask a question, and I'm perplexed by this. When I'm filling in for Mark Airman, I may have to throw this question out to the crowd, see if anybody has a plausible idea. How How is it that it can be the middle of the afternoon in Wakanda, Manhattan and San Francisco at the same time. How how can that be? Uh, because you, they're they're fighting in Wakanda in Infinity War, and ye, I mean I I guess I don't need to give a, a spoiler alert here, people. Spoiler alert: If you haven't seen Infinity War, Thanos snaps. They all turn to ash. And it affects other movies, and it's all the middle of the afternoon, and all of them, even though they're parts halfway around the world. I'm frankly still hung up on Black Panther, and I love Black Panther, don't get me wrong, but I'm still hung up on how on earth does Killmonger get from Seoul, South Korea, to Southern Africa, to Wakanda, in a Cessna, and so quickly that the body he's carrying with him hasn't begun decomposition. How How is this possible? I realize it's a Marvel comic book movie, but they try to do these time sequence things right in Marvel movies, and they totally failed in all these parts. Nonetheless, when we come back, more on the president overseas and the Kavanaugh meltdown. Oh, and we got some state politics to talk about. It's 8 after the hour. I'm Eric Erickson. This is Atlanta's Evening News on WSB. The phone number 404-872-0750. 1-800-WSB-TALK. Y'all, there is a... Thematically, we're being told that the Supreme Court is becoming anti-democratic uh, by 
liberals who were perfectly happy with the Supreme Court's anti-democratic tendencies until it went against them. Uh, but the other issue here is the whole, the, the feminist nonsense. Listen, if Donald Trump had put the Virgin Mary on the Supreme Court, she would have been attacked for being a virgin by the left. And I don't actually say that flippantly. Uh, she would have. There's actually the one of the Bachelorette contests on ABC is is a 26 year old male who admits he he's a virgin and they're attacking him that somehow he he isn't a wise person because of this. Um, it's referred to as baggage that he has. Uh, which is amazing. Um, and the left would attack the Virgin Mary for uh, not having had an abortion. They believe it's sacramental now that you've got to have an abortion. And it doesn't matter who the president put on there unless it was a, a left-winger who was totally opposed to everything that conservatives stand for, the left would be upset. And even then, they would view that person suspiciously. If President Trump had renominated Merrick Garland and he agreed to do with it, the left would probably be attacking Garland for thinking, oh my gosh, we don't really know this guy. And into this genre comes these things. Let me, this is Monica Hess, who's a writer. Uh, that's how she's identified, writer. In the Washington Post, in the style section. While covering a women's rights protest once, I asked a man in the crowd if he considered himself a feminist. He spread his arms wide. My mom is awesome, he declared. And that is what brings us to Brett Kavanaugh. The Supreme Court nominee didn't talk about Roe v. Wade when he introduced himself to the public on live TV or about equal pay between genders, but he did spend a lot of time talking about women, specific women, the ones in his own house or in his own office, his trailblazer mom, his source of strength wife, his former boss, Elena Kagan, who hired him at Harvard. Famous men now do this a lot. Watch any Hollywood actor eager to brand himself as enlightened on a press junket, and sooner or later he'll mention his strong mother, Brian Gosling. Or his feminist girlfriend, Chris Evans. In his confirmation briefings, Neil Gorsuch spoke of outstanding on the symbolic shoulders of his mom, one of her law school's first female graduates. Even people who hated Donald Trump took comfort in seeing him with his daughter. And so on Monday, after the president briefed us on Kavanaugh's academic resume, the nominee pulled out his female relationship resume. Worried Kavanaugh's views on gender roles could be too old-fashioned? He won't mention Title IX, but he'll tell you his daughters, Margaret and Liza, are spirited, and he took them to the women's matchup between UConn and Notre Dame. It was moving. It was sweet. It was useless. Listening to a man in power talk about how much he loves the women in his life is a moving thing that is actually pretty useless. Well, yeah, it is, but you know why we got to do it? Because of you people. who You, you want this. If he didn't do it... This woman would be writing a uh, style section column on how cold and unmoving and uncaring and unrelatable the guy was because he didn't mention any women. Meaning we know this because there, there's another woman out there in, in one of the big papers who wrote a big piece about how it's a good thing that men have daughters because it calms their mind. A new study shows it calms their mind. And then today has a story about how it was ridiculous to see Brett Kavanaugh and his daughters because uh, the, what good does a man get from daughters other than to be able to parade them about? It doesn't matter with these people. It doesn't matter, but it's useful to highlight the shrillness of their arguments. 
And it's useful to remind you that they're fundraising off that shoulders, but it's also useful to remind you that it would be a different world if James Hodgkinson did not exist, a man who attempted a mass assassination of Republicans because he really believed all of this left-wing rhetoric. He really did. It's troubling. I mean, again, Stephen Colbert, his monologue, I don't know much about Kavanaugh, but his first name sounds more like a waiter at Ruby Tuesday. Have you ever noticed, as an aside, just have you noticed how comedy really isn't funny anymore? It's not that Donald Trump ruined comedy. It actually Barack Obama ruined comedy because when Barack Obama was president, liberal comedians could no longer, they could laugh at Bill Clinton, who arguably now was the last moderate Republican president. They could laugh at Bill Clinton. They could even laugh at Hillary Clinton, but they couldn't laugh at the Obama siah. God is not a laughing matter. So they couldn't laugh at Barack Obama. And the only thing they could do is they could laugh at Barack Obama's critics. They could mock them. Uh, John Stewart of The Daily Show, I mean, he, he perfected this, that everyone on the right was laughable, mockable, subject to ridicule. Not Barack Obama and his friends. And then when Donald Trump won, they were convinced he would win. They were convinced Hillary Clinton would win. Suddenly... It's fair game to go after Donald Trump, his kids, his cabinet members, their wives. You know, Bill Shine from Fox News, friend of mine, he was the executive vice president. He is now the communications director at the White House, deputy chief of staff to the president of the United States, a, a prestigious job. They're not attacking Bill Shine. They're attacking Bill Shine's wife, Darla. Darla had a radio show back in 2008, 2009. CNN this afternoon is dredging up 10-year-old comments from her program and tweets that she made to attack her, not to hurt her, although it is hurting her, I'm sure, but to go after her husband. They haven't, they haven't come up with attacks on Bill Shine. They've come up with attacks on his wife, which is really rather low to attack someone for their wife. It, it reminds me very much of the Huffington Post did this big story where they caused a man who worked for the WWE to lose his job uh, because his wife or girlfriend, I forget if they're married or not, uh, she had she was a Trump troll on Twitter, had said all sorts of awful stuff. They tied her to him, and he got fired because the reporters kept harassing uh, his employer, demanding that they do something to him for being associated with her. It's all guilt by association. It's very McCarthyite, is it not? I mean, the left is so upset about McCarthyism. Uh, and he, do you know any communists? Do you work with any communists? Do you know anyone who doesn't support Black Lives Matter? I mean, because that's one of the allegations against Starla Shine is that she's a racist because she doesn't support Black Lives Matters. They've taken some of her comments out of context from what she was actually saying or referring to. Oh, she's an anti-vaxxer. Oh, she believes black kids get autism. Well, they do. That was kind of her point. She was pushing back on something. But it's easier to call her a racist. They're going to come after Brett Kavanaugh's family, too. It's only a matter of time before they do that. The left is ruthless in these sorts of things. They are doing their best when they can't destroy someone to destroy the people around that someone. Whether it's their kids or their spouses or their parents or in some cases their co-workers. It is becoming brutal. You know, people say all the time now, why won't 
good men or good women run for office. This is why. Because they don't want to be attacked in that way. They don't want to be savaged in that way. Who would want to be savaged or attacked in that way? Seriously. Who would want to be subjected to that? So right now, you're, Brett Kavanaugh's getting attacked because his first name is Brett. Personally, I think that brings the Supreme Court into the 21st century. I mean, Clarence, Ruth, Samuel, John, 20th century names here. We get a Brett now. Within another 50 years, we're going to have some Austins, Madisons, Emmas, Wyatts will be back. But this is just the beginning. It's going to be nasty and it's going to be personal. It's like Terry Moran of ABC News is mocking Shannon Bream. Shannon Bream left Monday night from where she was broadcasting outside the Supreme Court because she began to fear for her safety. And Terry Moran of ABC News said, I, I didn't see you this. I thought the passionate protesters, but they were very civil to me because you don't work for Fox News, Terry. You don't work for the White House. It's not ABC News reporters getting chased out of restaurants. It's not Barack Obama, people who wear Barack Obama paraphernalia getting drinks thrown in their faces at restaurants. People wear Trump paraphernalia are. It's people who work for Fox News or the White House who are getting chased out of restaurants. Had a story the other day of, of Stephen Miller of the White House who a bartender at a restaurant when he went to pick up sushi started harassing him. It's not happening to people like Terry Moran. It must be nice to live in the safe liberal bubble where you don't ever have anyone show up on your front porch to attack you, to threaten your family. That's what's happening to people who work at Fox, people who work in the White House. It is this insane hysteria from the left. And more and more, it seems like James Hodgkinson is an inflection point that he's the beginning of something bad, not the end of something. Let me take a quick time out to thank this week's sponsor, ExpressVPN. Now, you may not need a VPN. I do for my work, and I've been trying to find a good one that isn't going to break the bank. And it's sometimes very difficult, and it's hard to set up. For those of you who don't know what a VPN is, a virtual private network, uh, it lets you privately and securely use the Internet at fast speeds without being tracked by anyone. Oftentimes, you have companies that require you to have a VPN into their um, system, and you just, you, sometimes you need them so you can't be tracked. With all the news coming out about data hacks and breaches, it's hard for me not to be worried about my digital privacy. No matter what you do online, your mobile carrier, internet service providers, they're tracking you. Doesn't matter what your cable company is or your phone company, wherever you're getting your internet from, you're probably being tracked. With ExpressVPN, your internet data is encrypted. Your IP address is hidden. ExpressVPN covers less than 7 bucks a month. It's rated the number one VPN service by TechRadar and dozens of expert reviewers. It has easy-to-use apps that run seamlessly in the background of your computer, your phone, your tablet. Yes, you can use them on your phone and tablet. If you're on unsecure Wi-Fi and you want to keep hackers and spies from seeing your data, ExpressVPN is for you. Now, to take back your internet privacy today, to find out how you can get three free months, go to expressvpn.com slash Eric. That's E-X-P-R-E-S-S-V-P-N dot com slash Eric for three months free with a one-year package. Every day you use the internet without ExpressVPN, you're putting sensitive information at risk. So don't put this off. Protect your online data with ExpressVPN today. Visit expressvpn.com slash Eric to learn more. It is 26 after the hour. Eric Erickson here, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. 
Those are the numbers. Pursed lips and glances to the floor. Watch Trump aides react to his attack on Germany. Y'all, I gotta tell you. I understand that when the president goes off on one of these tirades, his aides tend not to make eye contact. They, they tend to look away. It's uncomfortable. The, the president can make these things uncomfortable. But at the same time, I also think a number of them agree, particularly on the, the pipeline issue and whatnot. I mean, General Kelly... He definitely does look uncomfortable. Kay Bailey Hutchinson, she kind of looks down while the president's talking, but they agree on the pipeline issue. Here's the thing. You know, people are upset that the president is attacking NATO. So they're going to defend Russia and a pipeline that will undermine NATO. They're going to defend Germany that won't pay its dues to NATO. They're they're going to defend the things that will undermine NATO because they're so upset with the president for for criticizing NATO. You know, these are the people who say you got to criticize the president that he, that he's not above the law that he should be criticized. So they want to criticize you can't criticize NATO? Is NATO like infallible? No. I I criticize the president a lot, but he's right on this issue. The meltdown from people because it's him who said it is unbecoming of people who supposedly think for themselves. They don't. They're wrapped up in a cult of personality, too. It is 39 after the hour. The phone lines are open. 404 1-800-WSB-TALK. The New York Times wants you to know Republicans will most definitely attack Brett Kavanaugh for having majority female clerk hires. He, a majority of the law clerks who have worked for Brett Kavanaugh were female. And the New York Times is convinced Republicans will attack him for that. Y'all, the Weekly Standard has a really good elections tracker, if you will. Um, Dylan Byers is, he does a lot of stat analysis and looks at polls and he places the chances of the Republicans keeping the Senate at 75% at this moment. And part of it, you know, we talked yesterday about the survey monkey polls with Axios, part of it being online. It's not a great poll. Um, one of the worst pollsters out there, but Funny thing is, when you put all the polling together and you get a polling average, uh, it kind of weeds out the the good ones and the bad ones. It takes a more balanced approach to polling to give you a better perspective on what actually is happening in the American political landscape. Um, I mean, take it as a whole. You know, everybody says, oh, the polls are wrong. The polls are wrong. Uh, going back to 2016, actually, the, the polling average got the race almost right. Hillary Clinton did win the popular vote, and she did win it by about the polling average. Um, she Just at the state level with the Electoral College, threw it off. Well, the good thing about the midterms, so to speak, is we don't have the Electoral College to have to factor into the polling. And what the polling is showing is that Republicans are doing way better 
than anyone expected them to do. And guess which group the GOP is doing well with that no one believes they can do well with? Any, any idea here? Hispanic voters. What? Yeah. Turns out, Hispanic voters, they kind of like a wall along the southern border. What's that? Yes. Yes, you, you see, people who have taken the time to come here legally and go about it the right way tend to really not like that others want to cheat the system, come in illegally, and then demand citizenship. It really kind of hacks them off. And you got Republicans in congressional districts that have high Hispanic populations, and turns out they're doing well. And you've got this ongoing media attention for Beto O'Rourke against Ted Cruz, and Beto keeps flying to Hollywood for fundraisers, and there's someone else doing this too. You may know the name, Stacey Abrams, the Democratic nominee in Georgia. Most of her money, overwhelmingly so, is coming from places other than Georgia. See, to be fair, and, and this is a, a, a point of fairness, um, a lot of Democratic voters in Georgia tend to be uh, poor African-American, don't make contributions. Republican Buckhead voters are check writers. Macon County black voters are not. And so a lot of statewide Democrats, they go looking for money among rich liberals. There aren't as many in Georgia, so they go elsewhere. So that skews it. The problem, though, is that like Beto O'Rourke in Texas, Stacey Abrams is getting lots of out-of-state dollars from huge left-wing interests. And even Brian Kemp is now out on the campaign trail. He was out in Carrollton the other day, um, out near the University of West Georgia, pointing out how much money Stacey Abrams is getting from out-of-state. It's not Georgia voters who are funding her campaign. It's uh, out-of-state large-dollar liberals. And she is very liberal herself. And a lot of the people who are supporting her support things she has not taken positions on or has come out against, like slave reparations. Uh, but uh, when you got these situations of politicians saying what it takes to get elected, there's a politician in Texas, a, a female Democrat in Texas, who has been caught now on record or on video saying that she really supports an assault weapons ban, but she can't say it on the campaign trail or she'll lose. Yeah. The mendacity of these voters. And, and I got to think, even, you know, this plays into the Kegel tape. Uh, when he's behind the scenes, behind closed doors, and saying, yes, he pushed something he thought was terrible public policy because it was political. I think people get that. And I do think there is a, a good section of politics that thinks it was kind of uh, dirty of Clay Tippins to do that. But it's also something that it, it strikes people as true. Yeah, politicians do that. We can't trust him. And when you hear him in their own voice talking about it, it, it tends to have an effect. I think that the race between Kemp and Cagle is probably closer than it should be because of that. And Kemp is using it to his advantage. Um, I This issue, I think, must be resonating in the polling because it's not just Kemp showing traction in the metro Atlanta area, it's the the outside polling as well is starting to show that he's picking up traction in the Atlanta area and he's giving huge airtime and a lot of media buys to this statement from Kim, uh, from um, 
Casey Cagle that he opposed a policy but ensured that it was passed into law because he needed to hurt Hunter Hill's campaign. Hunter Hill, by the way, oddly silent. Um, and I guess not oddly, he did lose. Uh, but at the same time, this issue is so directly involved him not to hear from him on the campaign trail. Um, I'm kind of surprised he hadn't come out and supported Kemp uh, just because. Uh, nonetheless, this election wraps up, what, in two weeks? We got two more weeks of this. Early voting has begun. Uh, you can get an absentee ballot or an, in a lot of locations you can show up for early voting. It, it has begun, and there's still more of the Tippins audio that is coming, I am told, um, possibly as soon as tomorrow. I have no idea what it is, but apparently there's more. It's about 55 after the hour. The phone number, 404-872-0750, 1-800-WSB-TALK. Oh, look, we've closed the phone lines. Never mind, don't call. <laughs> we only have about a minute left. I guess I shouldn't have given out the phone number. Okay, so have any of you seen these Purge movies? Um, so apparently the the new one, it's not my thing. Um, sorry, I, I've got no need to watch these movies. Uh, where basically for a 12-hour period once a year, people are allowed to kill each other with impunity. Um, the first Purge has come out, was released on uh, Independence Day, and it shows essentially a um, group called the New Founding Fathers of America has taken over the federal government with the backing of the National Rifle Association. Yeah. Um, there's always been left-wing political subtext in these um, movies, and they're making it more explicit with this one that it's the rich white Republicans. They launched a coup and took over the government. It's what it's what Hollywood liberals say about Donald Trump and Brett Kavanaugh. And I just I, I gotta wonder at what point do people start believing this stuff? I mean, other than James Hodgkinson. At what point do they start believing that, well, you know, like, for example, I remember Republican friends of mine back in the year 2000 believed Bill Clinton wasn't going to leave the White House and Al Gore wasn't going to leave the vice president's mansion uh, for George W. Bush. They, they weren't going to do it. They, they were essentially going to launch a coup. I, I had these conversations with people. I told them I thought they were nuts, that they respected the constitutional system. And then when George W. Bush and Dick Cheney were there, the number of Democrats who were convinced that they weren't going to give up power, they were going to do something, they were going to assassinate Obama, they were going to do something to hang on to power in the White House. And I told Democrats that you're nuts, you're crazy. And now Democrats are back to saying it about Donald Trump. I mean, at what point do we go back and forth on this so much? People start believing the crazy. I mean, you got the NARAL people out there. I realize they're fundraising on it, but at some point you keep saying it, keep acting like it's true. People are going to believe this stuff. It's crazy talk, people. Crazy talk. <laughs> 